Who Put This On, Season 7, Episode 23, where we watch Love on the Spectrum, Australian and U.S. Season 1, Episode 1. And I always take a shot of tequila before we do this podcast. So, I'm Chris Lorenz. I practice kissing on cupcakes. This is Brian. Oh, man, I'm caught in between clips. I wasn't ready. Ah, Okay, I'm Water. She's fire, and with fire and water, things get steamy. This is Noah Singer. <laughs> all right. If it's your first time joining us, those are all references to the show we watched this week, mostly quotes. Uh, and last week, we watched Milf Manor. Milf Manor, which we put up a poll on Twitter to see what you guys thought at Who Put This On. You guys agreed with me, top third. And I can say, I've watched all four available episodes of the show, and it is very good. Mm-hmm. I am, I am like, the drama in the show is next level. I love it. It's wow. I I don't know. Yeah, I also watched the four episodes just because I had to see how bad it got. <laughs> just just because it be, it gets so much worse. There's like something gets revealed in episode two, and it's just like traumatizing. Oh yeah, yeah. I agree. oh no. And then we got a first like pseudo spoilers. Spo- yeah. Spoilers. Okay. Uh, on this give trauma. Us, give us spoilers. So there was this challenge where everybody had to put up a secret of theirs and right. you had to guess like which one's your relatives. And so So Young had one that was like, I hooked up with my son's best friend. And her son was just like, Oh my God, this is traumatizing. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't think of anything else like he was like really depressed like he was like oh my god i can't believe my mom did that like levels of like i can't believe my mom's on this dating show level but like (laughs) next 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 level all right you should watch that listen to our podcast about it you got a lot more details but this week noah what was the show this week yeah this week we have love on the spectrum A documentary series following young adults on the autism spectrum as they explore the unpredictable world of love, dating, and relationships. You can find all seasons on Netflix. All right, so uh, they called this a documentary series, and I know we've quit back and forth, so we just did it. I don't really care. But definitely some producer involvement in setting up some of the dates. So less, I don't know, like it that doesn't feel too much documentary, but it is filmed a documentary style. Yeah. I'd say that there was as much production into it as like the bachelor. There was one, there was one particularly that called it out. It was, yeah, that's the producers. Like it's just like the bachelor, whatever. And I'm totally fine with that. All right. So we're going to go over the U S version first. Cause I, I I think I, I enjoyed the U S version more maybe because that was first, but, but, the Australian version chronologically is first. Okay. All right. We can do the Australian version. I'm just not that excited to talk about the Australian version. Uh, so we'll go person by person and we'll go kind of through their like flow, talk about the minutia, say if we like them or not. I don't know. Uh, so first episode of love on the spectrum from Australia was Michael. He was 25. He's on the autism spectrum, and he always wore a tie. He's Mr. Business. His greatest dream is becoming a husband. 
Michael. It was unclear what people actually did for work. Most like, is it the people that we saw actually doing their job? Was that, or those the only people that had jobs, or what? What do you mean the people doing dates? And no, dating? no, we saw like Chloe. We'll talk to you later. She was like working at a flower shop, and we saw uh, Thomas. He was a bus driver, but we d- I have no idea what Michael does for a job. They might not want to reveal that too. Like it's. Oh, that's fair. Could be like, you know, revealing where they work or what they do could be not great for them. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe, but it seems like most people on the show have jobs. Um, yeah. Yeah, like they were, most of them, they, they showed them working somehow. Yeah, I believe Brian more. I think most of them probably have some sort of job. All the, all the people on the show seemed like they could, like they had, I don't know. They seem most not normal, but not like out out there. I don't know how to describe that, but they seem like they could hold a job. Well, it's it's the spectrum, right? Like, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to describe where they are in the spectrum and trying to be yeah. as accurate and as possible. Well, I, I I think there's like a most jobs. There's some level where you have to be able to communicate with other people in like a reasonable time frame. Right. And I think like as you watch a show, there's some people that are much more adept at being able to have like a real time conversation and communicate information back and forth. And there's some folks where that was definitely more of a challenge. And so I think as you get more towards that end, it probably becomes a little bit tougher, right, to hold down certain types of jobs. Yeah. Uh Michael seemed like a very well adapted human being. Like he seemed yeah. mostly Seemed like a normal person, a little out there. You know, you meet a little out there people. He he seemed, he's that's how I got from him. Yeah, yeah. I would say like the opposite. There was a lot of stuff that he was saying where it's just like, oh, all right, God. yeah. I, I mean, he's on the spectrum. He's on the spectrum. Let's be clear. Yeah, but it's all yeah. There's, there's also something that, like I think the show didn't really highlight as much as like they're putting him in situations that naturally is going to expose some of the parts of the, of the disease, right? Of like being a little bit more socially awkward. Whereas like if you put them in a work setting, right? Where you're really just going through facts and data. I wonder how much you'd even pick up on it sometimes. Yeah. I, it's also a point where like a lot of these people don't have any experience in this, like this area. So they even look more awkward than they would be. And like have like no idea what they're dealing with, so I think that also kind of sets them like down a like even puts them further down the path than you would like normally see them as. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. And certainly with Michael, like this, like he went on an episode, a date this episode, and that was his first date. Yeah. Right. Well, at right. the end, he was going on his first date, and he was wearing a suit. Yep. And then I thought that was odd. But I guess yeah. it depends on what your first date is. But unless you're going to the opera, which I wouldn't suggest, a full tie suit and tie would probably not be okay. Nah, you're gonna you're gonna get food on it. <laughs> Didn't he go on the speed date too? Um, that was him, right? Or was that somebody yeah. else? No. Yeah, because he likes bowling, pool, and television, and doesn't like SpongeBob. Oh yeah, he did go on the speed dating. Yeah, he went on the speed date. 
Yeah, I just remember he likes uh, stuffed animals or some some kind of toys. He had a pickle Rick, which Ooh. I think Ooh, was nice. pretty cool. Pickle Rick. I didn't notice that. That's great. Uh, he also met up with some sort of expert, Jody Rogers, to like mm-hmm. give him dating tips. Um, that is great that they're bringing in like an expert, and especially somebody who is also on the spectrum. To be able to help out, like, they well, it's unclear if this person was on the spectrum or not. Uh, I thought they said that she they, was also on the spectrum. They said she was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the like, first, did, like, the one in the first movies. episode. Yeah, like, both yeah. of them were. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's see. He said at some point what he wanted out of a, like, a girlfriend or wife. They asked him, and like, this is always the mo- one of the most awkward parts of this whole thing was like asking them explicit questions where like. Normal people would be like nervous and like probably wouldn't say a whole lot, but a lot of people in the show just kind of like were really truthful about their answers. And like he said that he wanted to have, he, he said no hands to myself business, which yeah, yeah that was great. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know exactly <laughs> what that means, but you could kind of picture what that would mean, and like you kind of get stuff like that, and uh, that was humorous line and it's it's weird because it's like you know i think it's humorous but he didn't say it in a humorous way and now yeah. am i supposed to feel bad am i not supposed to feel bad what is this but what am i doing in this woke culture like you know can i use no. the word woke is it is that no. too woke to use the word woke maybe i don't think that that even applies because usually that's like there's somebody something deliberate about it and i don't think that they're fully aware of it yeah. No, I mean that's just kind of part of the show as a whole. Is like, you know, it's if you're laughing at these people because they're having like an, if you think awkwardness is funny, you're gonna think the show is hilarious because there's so much awkward. I think it's all awkward, like not all, but like I think any first date will usually be awkward. Like there's definitely gonna be some awkward first dates, yeah. and now imagine you have no like your social skills are like way below normal and then put them on a first date and then watch them. And it's like, it's very cringy. No, Brian. I mean, I was cringing the entire episodes. Like it, it just kind of feels like, Oh, they, they're trying to like figure it out. And yeah, we're used to watching dating shows that have people who have a lot of charisma. And so like watching this is just like a very, sharp contrast and that's also like where it the cringe comes in i don't know like i, I don't feel as cr- I don't, cringy i find like a lot of stuff on milf manor <laughs> like to me it was just like watching real people like i, I don't know it, it felt yeah real people are awkward I, i'm just saying i don't know yeah, cringy yeah, might exactly. not be the right word i think awkward like like awkward yeah. cringy not 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 like cringy cringy i don't know. yeah it's just cuz it's just real <laughs> like it just felt real <laughs> this show is very real it very feels feels like a documentary yeah but it also feels like indian matchmaker cuz they're like setting people up mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um the one thing i liked about michael in this episode compared to the other people in this episode is he was put together really well like he had like his hair was done nice like he looked you know he had like did his hair 
Whereas like, as we get into Chloe, our next person, it's like producers, can you just like give this person a brush, like brush her hair? Yeah. But it, it, it like was back and forth, right? Like when Chloe went out, she got like really like highly put together, you know? So I wonder how much of it's like, just, they just basically give them the choice and let them know. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, usually you have the producers and the camera crew would come in and be like, okay, let's make you camera ready, right? And part of that would right. probably be to like make your hair. Done. And it's clear in the US version that they did that. Yeah, totally. So we have a direct yeah, you, contrast. Yeah. yeah, that is really true. So yeah. we can talk. Does anyone want to talk anything about Michael before I move on to Chloe? Chloe, 19. She works at a flower shop, it looks like. Unclear. Uh, she has a friend named Bodie. She loves Marvel, and she's bi- self-proclaimed bisexual. So yep. we so we see her date Marcus. Uh, go on a date with Marcus, and then go on a date with Lotus. So Marcus, uh, is this the one she said that she loved him? No. No. No, that's from the US version. Okay. Sorry. Confused. She just didn't like Marcus that much because Marcus said he likes Mexicans and Asians and she is white. And that's a good reason to get up and walk out. Well, it was pretty funny because Marcus is going over all these things he likes. And then he (laughs) he just like the camera pans back to Chloe and like, nope, nope, (laughs) nope, nope. (laughs) Yeah. See, that's like even where the producers and like made this humorous thing. But like Marcus, he wasn't trying to be mean. But if like a normal person did that, you like that's mean. Yeah. No, it it was definitely a funny bit and not like you're not laughing at anyone. You're just like, oh no. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. (laughs) Stop, Marcus. Stop. For real though, the producers set this up and like they set it up purposely bad. I don't know if it was a purpose. Yeah, they they they're they got to be vetting people, and it's like, oh yeah, would you? Yeah, well, one? you can't know what people are gonna say. You, you can't be like, hey, you what? Who do you like? And they say like Asians and whatever, and then you know, there's not that much of a dating pool. I don't think, and like we're gonna set you up, and then he goes and tells her that like you can't expect the producers to know that. Yeah, I think there's something they could have like probably gotten out of them beforehand. Well, anyway, Chloe doesn't like him, obviously. Uh, and then, so then she's like questioning if she likes men or not, it seemed like on the show. So mm-hmm. they set her up with Lotus. Uh, and she likes drag queens and hates loud machines. And they go on this date we see where she's also bisexual. And they're both into anime and Minecraft and like sunflowers. I don't know. They went to some sort of sunflower farm and yeah. uh, they seem to hit it off. Yeah. So successful date, it seemed. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I'd say Chloe gave a lot of good personality. Like, I, and actually, I mean, I guess all the contestants do, but I feel like you get to know them quite well. Like, they don't just seem like cookie-cutter people. Where in a lot of other shows we watch, like, they all seem so cookie-cutter. Like, they're playing a role in the show. 
And here they seem like, no, these are just different people you actually get to know. Yeah, I mean, because they don't have the right filter. Like, yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, but they, you also get to see them with their families a lot. And, like, the families are laughing with them and, like, like interacting in a really fun, playful way. And I think that really helps with the tone of the show. Like mm, it, yeah. it allows us to be more playful with them because the family mm. is playful with them, right? It's a great point. And, like, yeah. most of these people lived at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to say about Chloe was she was the only one really with experience as like dating men and women before the show. Mm. At least the US version definitely had a lot more like no experienced people. Whereas like we talked about how Michael was going on his first real date. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the US version, Abby definitely had a boyfriend. They should talk about that a bit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Um, It's not the only one, but it is like. It's rare. It's rare. It's it's rare. Uh, So then we have Ruth, and we're introduced to Ruth. She's 22 and she likes blondies, but then her boyfriend pops into frame, Thomas, which he's not really blonde. And uh, this couple was really cute. Like they were, they've been together four years. They have their own apartment for a year. So they're living by themselves. Thomas is a bus driver. We get to see him drive the bus and we see him propose to Ruth. On the bus. On the bus. That was cute. Uh, and They have like, a great line. They said, uh, we're comfortable farting in front of each other. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And like, uh, Thomas was like, I love your body. Like, it was, it was cute. <laughs> and Ruth was wearing this giant cat shirt that I thought yes. was hilarious. <laughs> yes. Ruth as well. I was like, oh man, Ruth. Like, the, the producers couldn't could have really just been like, all right, just just give us 30 seconds to like fix fix your hair for a second. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was just going to say Ruth is another one to like, you know, comb your hair. Like you're on a show, but I I think they're the most interesting just because yeah, they're already a couple. So they're, we're going to see like their relationship. And I think that also we're going to see Ruth try to make friends. Because mm. they commented that, like, yeah, she doesn't doesn't really have like a good like friend network. Like, she mostly makes friends with animals. You see her hanging out in just a cat cafe. So I think that we're gonna see her like make make a couple friends and like just have a board game night. Maybe I don't know. I, I do think that Ruth. This is the most interesting because it's a different like setup than everyone else. Everyone else is going on these awkward first dates, and we get to see this couple actually making it. Like, actually living by themselves whether if they have support or not it's unclear but like it's kind of i think it was more fascinating to kind of see them together and like how they manage life versus like having first dates you know it was cool i was surprised how close to the tv she sat during dinner i don't know if you guys noticed that i noticed that that was insanely close (laughs) yeah i I mean she was as close as like somebody sitting at a monitor it seemed yes E- e- even closer like yeah it, it, it was oddly close and i'm like that doesn't seem comfortable she seemed to have some sort of like like 
auditory like visual issue going on where like somebody would talk to her and then she'd conf- like ask what she they said to Thomas and like was, like he's right there it's not like Thomas talked any louder or closer than the other person so I like mm. I, I don't she, she might have some sort of weird tick you know around like that so I'm like you know yeah. everyone in the show is a little weird so like sitting that close to the TV was I didn't even bat an eye and I was like oh, oh okay it stood out. I was like, "No, what's going on? Don't do it! Don't do um, it!" <laughs> what else? She also has a cane, and we meet somebody else with a cane later. And I was like, "I wonder if they would have gotten along." Because well, the, the other guy has a cane collection. Yeah, I know. That's right. That's what I was gonna say. Is like, she, she needs yeah. like a cool cane from our buddy James, which we'll talk about. Yeah, yep. I have many cool canes, but. This episode kind of ends on a cliffhanger with uh, Michael uh, sitting at a table for their date and just waiting. So we'll see next. If we continue, we'll see next episode how the date goes. <laughs> do you think that, what do you think, Brian? Date or no date? Date. You think she's going to show up? Yeah. Okay. I agree with you, but I would take the, the I would take the other one. No, I mean, there's some stat stuff later because I also checked out the end of the love on the spectrum us version just to see like oh how did these couples do and that i mean i found an article that told me all right yeah cool you you <laughs> cliff notes it i watched it i supported it yeah we kind of have a little snafu on one episode to watch but i think it was better to watch episode one yeah there was more context here and you can see them like grow a little bit all right, so should we switch to the U.S.? Any other? Any of any other? Yeah, let's look at the characters. Um, no, I think we're good. All right, so let's get to Love on the Spectrum U.S. Episode one. We meet Danny. She's twenty six. Oh, oh, sorry, wait. Sorry, I, I, I did interject. Uh, so, fun fact: the director of Love on the Spectrum Australia is. Uh, I know I'm not saying his name right. Cian, Cian O'Clary, C I A N. I don't know. Uh, Sham, probably Sham. Anyway, um, he also worked on Star Wars <laughs> episode oh. three. Um, it's kind of funny. It um, at first they just show him like things he's also done, and I'm like, no way he directed that movie. He did not direct it. He was a location scout. So I was like, what an uh, interesting portfolio of work. He's also the executive producer on the U.S. one. Oh. Um, that according to Wikipedia. All right, so let's get to Danny. She's 26. Uh, she lives with her aunt and uncle, which I wrote loves, which is funny. Uh, she wants a guy that's motivated with good hygiene. Um, she self-proclaimed gold digger. She was talking to her family about what she needed. She needed a guy that could support them. And they call her a gold digger. That was a humorous conversation. Uh, yeah. But she, she also wanted somebody who like was running their own business or like somebody who had a strong career because she was very work oriented and she really wanted to mix the two. She wanted, yeah, here's our love situation, but then also we're mixing business in there too. Yeah. So she has an animation business where she teaches people on the spectrum animation. Um, she had 
uh, Hizio, I can't remember his name. Miyazaki. Miyazaki, Miyazaki. Was, is on the spectrum, apparently, she said. Or started an animation business on 17. Yeah. Uh, which was her inspiration, and she's still doing it. Uh, and let's see, what else do we have? Did I write down about her? Um, she had a practice boyfriend, which the boyfriend didn't know it was a practice boyfriend, and that was kind of sad. Um, let's see what else. He, she went. They went to see a friend, Devin, mm-hmm. um, at a bar, and so she goes on a date with Solomon. And <laughs> right before the date, she has a watermelon tequila shot. Uh, which was funny. Thought that was very human of you to get to have a shot before something oh, yeah. you're nervous about. Yeah. It was also watermelon tequila. I quickly looked at the bottle and was like, "Oh, watermelon. That's weird." That's a real so, thing. You can buy watermelon tequila. It's not like the so. market. Huh. He probably well, just like, has I, a flavoring. I only know it's watermelon tequila because Brian told me it was watermelon tequila. In the show, they just said tequila. Oh, wow, yeah. 1,800 watermelon. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... Oh, no, uh, it's margarita. That makes more sense. It's Danny kind of was really infatuated with Solomon during this date because he writes poetry and had, like, checked all the boxes, but then she went a little too quick on this date and said that yeah. she really liked him, and she he excused himself. No, 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 no. It was much quicker. Uh, she said, I, I think I love you. You're so good looking. Uh, yeah. I just didn't really want to live the super, relive the super awkwardness. Uh, yeah. And since considering we watched two episodes, we didn't get, they ended on a cliffhanger to see what the rest of this date was going to be. Uh, so I did read the next episode description which mentions Solomon but uh, I don't really know how the date goes overall because we didn't get a chance to watch it thanks to Netflix yeah I feel bad for for Danny like she was so excited like it slips out of her mouth and she's just like no yeah she she was somebody who just seems like she partly is too invested in her own business but then also just not really aware of what could be too awkward to say. But it was surprised. I was actually surprised how Solomon reacted. Cause like it, to me, I just would have been like, Oh, I'm surprised he didn't be like, really? Or what did you say? He just like kind of left. Like he, he just couldn't deal with it. Well, was Solomon also on the spectrum too? Cause a lot of these dates ended up being like two people on the spectrum. Yeah. I think they yeah. were all on the spectrum. I think yeah. So yeah. that's a little bit more, except well understandable given that like he probably stepped away to think about okay what would i say in this like what's i mean if you met if you were on the first five minutes of a first date and somebody says i think i love you like i think you're not going to take that super well like you can play it off but some people are going to be more upset than others yeah like yeah it could just be excitement it could be just be living in the moment or like whatever how you handle it is going to be buried i yeah i would probably just try to play it off and see if it's like oh yeah that was embarrassing let's never speak that again. yeah we'll see if we'll see you know you, you can see how it played off but like at this point like 
I don't blame anyone for being like, hold on, I need a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, and yeah, Danny, like, you know, just like, I feel like they start with her and she's got a big bubbly personality. And, you know, I think you really start to like feel these are real people and care for them, which is, you know, very odd, I, th- I find, for a reality <laughs> show. Yeah. It, but I like that you can actually kind of see them grow from that. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. Yeah, like, well, I watched episode six, and I saw, like, oh, yeah, there was some big growth. Okay, so you can yeah. definitely say there's growth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, then we meet Abby. She's 23. She's also really Abigail. She loves princesses. Uh, she wants to go on a cruise in Africa to an indoor water park. I guess she also had an ex, which was Garrett. So maybe I'm yeah, from high school. No, for, well, from high school. Um, but I've been single for a bit. And she meets with the, the autism spectrum expert, Jennifer Cook, which is also on the spectrum. Yeah, and... that was a really cool exercise. So yeah, Jennifer kind of recognized that Abby's having trouble staying in the moment of focusing. So then she demonstrated that with like trying to pass a bunch of ping pong balls back and forth. And obviously like that's very difficult to do while also having a conversation. But then Jennifer took it down to one ping pong ball. And then it all of a sudden was like, oh yeah, like there's a little bit of grounding here. Well, she almost kind of grilled her with questions like, Brought them right after the other, and she got overwhelmed. But well, yes, but that, that was but the she point. Was, the, the yeah, yeah, I know. She was trying questions. to get her to be overwhelmed, be like, when you bombard people with questions, you're overwhelming them, and you need to like not do that. Yep. It was uh, an important lesson, but then it it gets taken well, and they ha- she goes on a date with uh, David later in that episode. They go to the zoo, see some cute animals, have some fun together. Yeah, uh, I thought their date went really well. So, like, she the date or no? The expert asked her like, "What do you like?" And she's like, "Candy Crush, the zoo, documentaries, and like this date they go to the zoo." And both David and her liked the zoo, and it was like, I thought it was sweet. The two of them at the zoo, just like you know, two people kind of on the same page, but they're not like, you know, they're a little on the spectrum, and it's like, you know. I think it was great. I think they found each other and hopefully that works out for them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of it, well, spoilers. Mm-hmm. Eh, now I won't go into it. No, it's fine. <laughs> I think it's fine, Brian. So, so we have to set some context here. Uh, Brian and I watched also the last episode of the season, episode six, which closes what well, follows up on the story of uh, Abby. And yeah, they, they seem to be going very well. Well, they have something to look forward to. Uh, they also asked her, like, what her hobbies are or something. And she said that she works out and swims. And she swims because mermaids do it. And I want to look yeah. like a princess. That's great. Yeah, she's I very mean, much in, into Disney. And Disney, like, a lot of the quotes and references was back to Disney. Yeah, she had all the princess. She's in the princess Disney uh, phase. And she has, like, all the dolls and, like, comparing herself to all the princesses. Uh, yeah, and then not... um, she has a dog named Clementine. Um, 
very good dog. Uh, and her mom makes a great comment about dogs that uh, you cannot be a fat dog in Los Angeles. <laughs> that Clementine needs to stay in shape because they're in LA. That was like the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't be an asshole to the dog. Come on. Yeah. One thing to note about I wrote about David was that he loves lions and being in a car wash. And I thought that was humorous. Yeah. Being in a car wash is a wild ride. <laughs> Do you think time. that's like, you know, being in a car wash is actually kind of expensive. Is you know, it? I mean, how much is a normal car wash has got to be like 10 bucks, right? That's sure, about, but like you yeah. go through it once, it's a car game. Yeah, but you can't just keep going through and through. Like, it's like, you know, it's an amusement park. Yeah, I don't know. it I'm... is expensive for the time, right? Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's like a cheap car wash. So Costco charges $8. Like, the normal full car wash charges more, like, base price of, like, 15 I'm just saying, like, that's a fun thing, but, like, it's not a cheap fun thing. No, like that's not paying, an everyday fun yeah. thing. Yeah, you're paying like 15 bucks for like a minute, you know. But you do have a clean car at the other end, which, you know. Uh, I enjoyed like Abby and watching her go in the state. I thought like the interactions of the family, again, were really, you know, really good. I, I, I thought that was pretty good. All right. Uh, anyone else have anything to say about Abby before we move to our last person? Nope, let's move on to James. James, he's 34. Uh he has a he has a cape at some point and gets knighted. And he has a cane collection. Uh he wants a girl with a radiant, unearthly beauty. Um good hygiene. <laughs> with good hygiene. Uh he seemed a little more on the spectrum than some of the other people. And I believe he said he'd never been on a date, right? Yeah. Correct. So. I also think his parents were kind of being assholes to him. Yeah. This is a little bit. For sure. Yeah. They were just kind of like pressuring him into like dating. They're just like, yeah, you, you're a young man. You got to start. They're expecting you to meet with a young woman. And that just kind of felt like you should be living your life instead of trying to focus on these goals or objectives, checkboxes, whatever. I mean, like they got to prepare him for like when they're gone. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, but then, you got, like, at some point you gotta, maybe you gotta push him. Like, I don't know. He is 34 and has, hasn't been on a date. So it's not like, you know, they've been pushing him his whole life that I would assume so. Then push him to like be comfortable. Like I don't know, it just didn't feel like they were having his best interests at heart. They were just like, "Here's our objectives." Or maybe they do have his best interests at heart. You don't yeah. know. You don't know, Brian. Maybe Noah. I I, th- I think we give them a, a benefit of the doubt that we think that they do, and they've learned how to, you know, communicate and hopefully try to motivate him. Yeah, so there isn't, he starts to go on a date, I think, towards the end of the episode, but we didn't actually see him go on any dates. Yeah, he just met up with somebody, chatted about his life. That's cool. Eh. There wasn't much in this episode about him. He did go on a date? No, no, no. He met up with um, a friend. Oh, yeah. We didn't mention that one friend that was really fun. 
where they like talk to guys, but it's okay. Let's yeah. move on. A, a lot of them had like, friends that they talked with during it. Danny also had somebody they met up with, and it just mm-hmm. means that they have a support network that's looking out and saying, yeah, you can accomplish this. You can get this date. You got it. I feel like it was Chloe's friend, Bodie, that was the most interesting. Yeah, Bodie was great. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, move on to questions. So we're going to skip the worst human being because we're going to do that. There is no host, so we'll skip that one. Uh, What do you think the production schedule of this show is like? I think I'm going to go with a month because I think that they're going to follow these people around. They're going to go on some dates. It's going to take some time in between to kind of like discuss it, like work on some stuff maybe. I can maybe go less than a month, though, given that like these are six-episode seasons. Well, I mean, the way you'd film this is you'd go person by person, right? So you wouldn't, you'd have one camera crew. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you would also do to, it simultaneously. I just don't think they do. Because I think it's just like, okay, this is kind of like a lower-budget, like, longer-term project, I think. Like, you got to do one person, find something for them to date. Like interview them, set up a couple days or a week or two couple weeks where you follow them. I'd I'd imagine it's like two to maybe three weeks per person, maybe a month. Yeah. And that would be like three or four months, depending on how long you're with one person. Because like yeah. some documentaries take years to do. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think it sounds about right. Especially the Australian version, because like the Australian version is like the first one. And they're kind of probably trying to make it more of a documentary. Whereas the like U.S. is just trying to copy that one. Yep. So that one they probably filmed quicker than the, the Australian one. Mm-hmm. U.S. ain't filming people for a month, I guarantee you. No. Um, which, like, the real thing is here getting them on dates. So, like, filming them for a day or two and then sending them on the date, a couple of dates, you know, could be a week. Anyway, let's uh, move on to drinking rules. Um, so I feel like you got to finish your drink if anyone kisses anyone on the show. Mm-hmm. Brian, do you have any? I want to do something about drinking, but most of the people that we saw on the show weren't really drinking. So there was some beverages, but not alcoholic beverages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say maybe if you see somebody, if you see somebody on a date actually drinking an alcoholic drink finish your drink yeah people are just finishing their drinks yeah you know <laughs> noah do you have any drinks drinking rules yeah um every time someone says they like something and it's kind of just adorable um but not like in a condescending way it's just like that's a really fun thing to think about like i appreciate you mentioning that take a drink yeah that's it's pretty good um I mean, you could do this one where anytime you're like, think that's like awkward or like you look away because you think it's too awkward, take a drink. Brian? Every time you see a wild outfit, take a drink. There's a lot of interesting Mm. outfit choices here. Um, I think James had this like four colored um, short sleeve button up. (laughs) I really, and there was like some girl with like a bow and I really wanted Brian to get this bow. Oh, yeah. I'm going to rock that bow. <laughs> um, I got a good one. Uh, anytime they, like, do or mention their hobbies. So, like, you know, that one guy with all his, like, 
he decorates his room with weird stuff. Like I would consider that a hobby. And like a couple other people had some hobbies and I, you know, doll collecting, you know, I think that that that'll get more in play. I think as the episodes go on. All right, let's do, would this be better as a TikTok or Quibi? No, no way. I think there's too much depth to the people. Um, I think if you do like an individual person per Quibi, then maybe you get some. Um, I also wonder if anyone even knows what Quibi is in, even is anymore. Are people alive who know what Quibi is? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think no, this is a good format for it. I mean, it, I don't think it would be too bad as a TikTok, like because you could totally follow one of these people on TikTok. Is that like a? Is that what we would call like? Would this be better as a TikTok? Because mm. like oh. you could like follow Abby on TikTok as she like does her life as you follow anyone like many people yeah. on TikTok is just like following their life, and I think That's that would point. be better than the, like the show's pretty good, but I think that would be like the next level is if you really like these people following them on TikTok would be the best way to like do that. So, are you saying in addition to or to replace? Um, I'm just saying that if you had found Abby on TikTok and followed them, and like they mm. keep making content, that is better than this show where you get like a brief glimpse into our mm. life. Okay. Yeah. 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 I also think if like you changed it into a TikTok or a shorter version, it would probably not feel as good because you're you're kind of like just digesting maybe the most what maybe the producer would say is the entertaining ones, which is probably going to rag on them. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, to be a good TikTok, you'd have to be entertaining and not. And so, you know, maybe they wouldn't be entertaining enough for being on TikTok. I don't know. So that's just my conjecture is like, if you really want to follow somebody, I think TikTok is the best way to do it. But they have to be like entertaining and like 60 second clips, you know? Yeah. And yeah. not a put together documentary. Uh, we'll skip who's going to hook up next. I don't think that that's important. <laughs> I mean, you're going to do a kiss next. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to get their first kiss on the show? Yeah. I think it's yeah. going to be Chloe. You think it's going to be Chloe? I mean, she's had her first kiss though. Well, what, what about the, the couple? Didn't they already kiss? I I know yeah. we're gonna go with who do you think is gonna have their first kiss like okay, their, their first, kiss. Their first oh. kiss not just on the show just their first kiss oh. so the choices Obviously. would be uh, I think Michael James uh, and Abby maybe Danny too I say Danny yeah I think Abby yeah. will have her first kiss on the show. Her first, she'll have the first kiss for the first kiss, for their overall first kiss on the show. Well, she had the boyfriend too before, didn't she? Or did she not like kiss them? She did. She had a boyfriend named Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe maybe she already had kissed him. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying she'll have the first kiss on the show other than like the couple. All right. Because Chloe could be the other choice if we wanted to include. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, we just dismissed Chloe for that reason. <laughs> leave me alone, okay? No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't leave him alone. All right, Noah, 
What do you love about the show? Um, I think we just really get to meet and learn these people. Like, it's a really hard balance, I think, to put people on the spectrum in front of a camera and not make it seem like we're, like, condescending, you know, or it's like watching, like, a spectacle. You know, and I think they struck the, a really great tone. I think you picked on it with the family being around, where like you just get to feel like you get to know them as like a person. Um, and so, really impressive job of like editing and setting up the show to make it feel like um, we're just watching any other person. Brian, what do you love about this show? I really like that this is a show that helps people grow too many reality Mm. shows are just, all right, we're going to watch you be a disaster. And this is like, we'll see you be like what most would consider a disaster, but like, we're going to help you. And like, we're going to work with you to find something that you want. Yeah. I mean, to your point, I think that I, I love how they like set up these dates. Like they're like trying to help these people really find somebody. Uh, whereas like most reality shows aren't really interested in that. They're interested in the drama to help you find those people and not necessarily find those people. And I get that, you know, I think that they are. And like, I agree with Noah that it's like, these people feel real and it's really, it feels like a documentary. You feel like you're in these people's lives for real. And that's what I like about the show. So then we do a, a stank ranking system between top, middle, bottom, third, Brian. What do you got for me? I'm going to go top of the middle just because I think that this show is very well done. I want to watch more, but I don't know if I can, if I will really complete it compared to like other shows. I don't think it's entertaining enough or like engaging enough for me to be like, yeah, I want to continue looking at this. Noah, what do you got for me? Um, I think this is going top, top of the top. Like, this is one of the few shows that we watch where I truly enjoyed it. <laughs> so much of the shows we watch, it's like maybe enjoy it because you're watching a car wreck. Um, maybe enjoy it because they're doing some kind of like interesting take on what we've seen. And this is just like completely unique in its own way. Um, and it's so well done. So top to top. Uh, I'm going to also go top third. I think... The show was a little too cringy for me a little bit, so it's kind of on my phone, but I really liked the documentary style, and I think it was really done. Well done documentary Ask We already talked about it, kind of being a documentary and kind of not being one, but uh, yeah, so that's our discussion of Love on the Spectrum. Brian, you have any shout-outs? I kicked off the latest season of The Circle. I mean, it's fairly fun. I don't, I haven't really seen too much cutthroatness. It kind of reminds me of season one. Hmm. Um, and also, How I Met Your Father, very good. Well, I, it's a classic sitcom. Like, I'm enjoying it just because it's mindless uh, entertainment. Yeah. I mean, definitely been trying to find some like lighthearted comedies for sure. Yeah. Uh, and that they've been hard to come by. Although South Park just came back today, so that's true. Oh, really? Ooh. Oh, yep. You showing everyone when we recorded the podcast, Brian? How dare is you? It, is it on Paramount <laughs> Plus? 
Uh, I think it's going to uh, HBO. Uh, HBO has the show. Paramount has the movies. Uh, so it's definitely not coming to Paramount. Cool. I'm excited. I really, I really enjoy South Park. It definitely went down for a while, and now it's back. Uh, Noah, what have you been watching? Any shout-outs? So last week, I was excited because I said I had 20 minutes left of break of uh, Better Call Saul. Turns out, I had 20 minutes left of all the seasons Netflix has. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you still have so, the last season to watch. Yeah, I do have the last season. And now I'm conflicted because it'll come on Netflix in July, according to the internet. Or it's 20 bucks. Ooh. And like, no. I, I wouldn't, like, it's, it's easily worth $20. But at the same time, it's like, there's already so much content I haven't watched. I'm like, you know, it's like, man, I know I can fill my stocking, you know, enough content. No, if it helps you, I wait, I've watched that show week to week as it came out. So there are times I waited years to watch (laughs) Better Call Saul. (laughs) Just, just to let you know, not everyone got to binge watch Better Call Saul. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that is fair. Um, but no, I don't really... I don't think I've watched much of anything else. Like, I, I still watch Shark Tank. Um, I'm keeping up on it. Um, is there a new season? Fine. There's been a new season. Yeah. Okay. There's been a new season. Like, I, they're getting to the point of it where they've done it so much. I, I think they're going to need this to start to figure out how to innovate a little bit. Like, to the producer's credit, like they keep a format that's so worn down now and keep it a bit interesting, but it's like, they got to shake it up somehow. Cause it's like, you know, the questions they're going to ask, which is then just makes it boring. It's like, what order do I ask the questions? Who asked it? Which is not that interesting. Um, so I'm excited for them to do something more. I'm going to be honest. I stopped watching it. Uh, I, I always got annoyed at Mark Cuban be like, you lived in a van down by the river and you worked a hundred hours a week more than that. Great. I'll give you five bucks for hundred percent of your company. And I'm just like, <laughs> fuck you, Mark. Uh, yeah. so that's always been my like, you know, bugaboo about that show. And I agree. I think it might've just got boring too. Like I didn't like, I didn't really mm-hmm. care to like figure out why I stopped watching it. Now it's just advertising, which is okay. And, it's also just not as interesting because everybody's coming on that show just to pitch their thing and get that like sweet, sweet bump from the show versus actually get funding. Uh, I think some people are mm. looking for funding. Some I people are, some people are for sure, but like a lot of people are, but definitely you're getting a bump and you know, people want that yeah. for sure. But there's yeah, also I mean, like well, the, the sob story aspect, Brian. You can't forget about the sob story yeah. about how it's like an 11 year old kid from Nicaragua and he's selling rubber bands at, at the corner store. And he needs $50 to buy new rubber bands. I think it's two things. It's like, it's one, I think most people that have a hard time understanding how to go get funding, right? Unless you're somehow connected to like getting to know venture capitalists, like that's a hard network potentially to break into. And the second one is, even if you know how to break into that network, for better or worse, the sharks are famous. And so they, if they're an investor, they can open up doors more easily 
right, than a dime a dozen VC. I, I do think the investment on Shark Tank is 100% worth it, depending on how much you give away. But, like, getting yeah. one of the five who have made money on companies almost exactly like yours, being on national TV, 100%. Well, no, but you get on national TV without making a deal. I literally think it's, like, because they are just celebrities, Right, like it's more likely someone's going to answer a phone call from a celebrity than just some other venture capitalist. No, yeah, I, that's what I'm not saying that being on national TV is the main thing, but being on national TV yeah. also helps. Oh, like, it totally does. Yeah, and then somebody comes in and is like, Mark Cuban will give you twenty percent, and like you know, Mark Cuban could open eighteen million doors for you. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like they used to, like, two or three seasons ago. There was a, a bit of a streak where Damon John specifically, he would like really go hard at people be like, bro, you did not come on here to make a deal. Your valuation is saying you're just coming on here for fame and advertising. And like there's a handful of times they called people out and they stopped doing that, even though it's so clear they're coming on and like they're not really there to make a deal. Um, I don't know why they softened up. I don't know. Probably, probably because the show's producers changed and the like, the like <laughs> reason for the show existing kind of changed. Maybe but, to Brian's uh, point is it might be more for advertising these people and they have to pay more if they don't maybe. get a deal or something. You Could know, be. but I the producers are the, yeah the producers are the sharks, like Cuban. Yeah, Kevin. but if you are producing the show and like this company comes in. And you're like, well, you can be on the show, but we own, we have to take 5% of your company no matter what. Like, oh, it could be, be like some sort of Y Combinator situation <laughs> at this yeah, point. That'd be fast. That's, that's pretty clever. Yeah. I mean, it, it really blends the line between like, is this just the new home shopping network? <laughs> oh, God, I hope yeah. not. That you know what be... the new shopping network is? Amazon.com homepage with their stupid shopping channel. The live video. They only do that during Prime Day. Oh my god! I am. Anyway, uh, I kind of uh, so I finished extraordinary. Talked about it last week. Very fun show. I think it starts strong and ends strong. Middle's a little messy. Kind of. I think it loses focus because it it turns into like kind of sitcommy and like I'd like them to explore this world a little bit more than they did. Uh, I finished. Well, I started watching Poker Face. Have either of you watched Poker Face? Not yet. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, I I have. I am an official category of I don't get why people like this show. (laughs) The format is very weird. It's like it's an hour over an hour long, and the first like fifteen to twenty minutes is like somebody committing some sort of murder, and then the next like forty minutes is somebody figuring out like who did the murder you just saw do the murder, and I'm like, this is weird. Like, I don't understand this format. It's a weird format of Law and Order. <laughs> it, it's so <laughs> weird. Like, I don't get it. Uh, but I also did finish uh, Fleischman is in Trouble, which, oh, would, yeah. which was a really yeah. good show. Like, it's like about, like, a, like, just, like, messiness of family and life. And... I would definitely encourage you to watch it. It definitely starts off crazy and kind of turns like more normal, like looking at like life in general. 
if you start watching it, but I'd recommend it. Yeah, Excellent. I'm on episode three and I've been there for a while. Um, but yeah, it's pretty enjoyable. It's like even beyond there though, I feel like it's like it's a very New York show. Like it maybe it just because like I can pick up, up on some of like the locations and like the peculiar peculiarities, but like it's very much about people in the Upper East Side that are rich but not rich enough and like they like don't know how to straddle like being just rich enough and not like ultra rich. Yeah, I, I think that also the show kind of zigs more than you would expect it to. Mm, like it, okay. it, it like to where Noah is, he's on episode three, it's about one person. But then it kind of yeah. expands into being about other people. Like still like involved, but like you get to see other people's perspectives. It almost turns into some sort of Rashomon situation, which was kind of cool to see. And right. so it turns out to be like, you know, it's about a father suddenly being a single father. And then it turns, then you learn about like, it's, it's not a spoiler, but like what happens to what happened or what happened to the mother. And like, you find out about friends and like, just kind of like what happens when you grow up past your twenties and into your thirties. It's kind of like a, I feel like it's a thirties or forties midlife kind of show, which is, hmm. you know, unique, I would say. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg question. And Jason, I, yeah, he's amazing. Like everyone it's acted super well. I mean, so is poker face to be honest with you, but hmm. tweet at me, tweet at me at who put this on. Let me know what you thought Let about poker face and why you love it. Let them know. Yeah. Uh, also, you can find our poll on Twitter at Hoop of the Song. Tell us what you thought about love on the spectrum. And then next week, Netflix is launching a new show. I have it up on my phone, I promise, called Perfect Match. Couples who prove their compatibility gain the power to make or break other matches in the strategic and seductive dating competition. So that's what we're going to watch next week. Uh, and you can find us on facebook.com you can ask questions suggestions at who at gmail.com i'll see you guys next time <laughs>